In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey! If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey! If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Hey! If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Don't start no shit, it won't be no shit. Don't start no shit, it won't be no shit. Don't start no shit, it won't be no shit. Don't start no shit, it won't be no shit.
folks, get out my way. It's <laughs> so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is a new episode, even though it is Memorial Day weekend. This is Memorial Day, so hopefully you'll listen to this on Monday, just, you know, laying around the house, having a good time with your friends and family, or you could listen to it on Tuesday. It will work on either day. It could work I've never tried it on a Wednesday, but I'm sure it works then as well. Um, just to uh, start it off, uh, the way I, I was like, okay, Memorial Day, I always forget when Memorial Day is, but then I want to make sure what Memorial Day, what, why do we celebrate it? And so we celebrate it. It's the holiday that takes place annually on the last Monday in May, and it's a dedicated day for honoring U.S. military personnel who have died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. Over 1.3 million Americans paid the ultimate ultimate sacrifice to afford us the freedoms we take for granted every day. Wow, we take for granted every day. That that last part was dark. So, man, that's huge. There's there's no joke there, actually. So, uh, thank you uh, to all servicemen. And I got to tell you, I did something uh, patriot. I mean, the most patriotic. I kind of did. I went and saw the Top Gun movie, the Top Gun Maverick. Uh, let me, let me break down my, how are you guys, by the way? Are we good? We're good. Okay. So the last I spoke with you, I did a two hour recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Friday. And, um, I was jacked, dude. I was like so amped for that. And I was like, I recorded it for YouTube as well. And I think that's going to be up on YouTube today at some point. Maritza has the footage and she's, we're testing things out as this gets going. So we have that video footage and we also have today's with Sophie that I think we're going to put up as well. So be patient with that. But when it's, when it, when it does come on, uh, if you can go follow the YouTube page and, and check it out, if that's some, I make a lot of weird faces in the Beverly Hills recap. It was almost so much that I sent it to Maritza and I said, I don't know if this is just going to lose more people than it will gain. But you know what? Let's try it out. You might want to see me hold my nose when I do the Erica Jane imitation. That's up for you guys to decide. But um, so on, so I, I finished that recap Thursday night. I know I like, I think it was like two something in the morning when I finished it. And I was like amped. I had been yelling about Rena and Erica and all this stuff. And I knew the next morning I had a doctor's appointment. Then I had an audition I had to put on tape. And then I was doing Sheena Shea's podcast for Dear Media. It's called Shenanigans. I think it's called Shenanigans. I like to call it Shenanigans because I just, I couldn't spell Shenanigans for the life of me. And I sometimes find it hard to say. I always want to add the extra Nana, Shenanigans on it. So I was like, you know, as cool as I come off being the bad boy of podcasting, I have to admit I was very nervous about the Sheena podcast because I want to do good on any podcast, but also it's Sheena and we, we've talked how Sheena uh, has a reason for disliking me and I think we've we've definitely buried the hatchet now, but I was a mess because that's just like, I might say this to you and you might like, ah, Ryan, it's a bit. No, it actually is not a bit. I do genuinely mess myself up in my head and I get myself sick. And I, it's, it seems I do this very frequently now. So I couldn't fall asleep that night until like four 30 in the morning. I was like tossing and turning, you know, it's bad when I didn't even turn on the TV. I was just there with my thoughts, thinking about Lisa Renna, all of this, which we'll get to Lisa Renna in a second. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. She's doxing people. or I, we'll, we'll talk about the situation. Anyways, so I'm just like, it's going to be one of those days where I am just... The thing that, you know, it's like, I can get through a day on very little sleep, but 
you're not participating. You're, you're, you're going through that. Your body's like an empty vessel and your mind is, it's there, but you're not enjoying anything. You're just getting through it. And that's what I hate when I have no sleep because I can do it, but it's, it's never enjoyable. Like you never get to enjoy the experiences when you have no sleep. So do the doctor's appointment. That was fine. Do the audition. That was fine. Then I go do the Sheena podcast that afternoon and it comes out this Friday, you guys, shenanigans. I need everybody go to go over and listen to it because I want to support. I want to, I'm like a no name. So I want to make sure I bring some kind of audience over there, even though I'm sure we're all listening to all the same things anyways, but I want, you know, I want, I want to do good for her, um, as I would want to do good for anybody that I was on their podcast, but I think it was good. Um, our friend Janet, uh, her good friend, and she's been on the podcast before she was with us. I got a lot of dirt on Vanderpump rules that is actually not even in her show and that I've been sworn to secrecy and it's good shit. I mean, it's, it's good. It's fun. There's actually one bit on the podcast that Janet brings up that I hope makes the cut because it is so juicy in such an interesting way. Like, I don't even think she realized how juicy what she said was. And so I'm kind of just like hoping it makes the final cut because you guys will die and we'll joke about it on Friday or Monday next week if it does make the cut because it, it just is wild. You know, that's what I said at the beginning of the podcast with Sophie. I said, it's so funny. Every time I now hear people say these shows are fake and stuff. Like I get it like, cause it does seem fake, but then you actually, um, you, you know, you kind of, you, you're around them or you talk to them and you're like, these motherfuckers live this. They lit, they rep this lifestyle. Like this lifestyle would give me, it would, it would tear a hole in my stomach so intensely that I would never have a stomach ever again, which I think is kind of where we're headed to with this podcast anyways. So it was really good, really good. But then I just, after that, my body just, I did not leave, uh, I, I did not leave the bed on Saturday. Like it was, it was bad. Like it was just, I just kind of get exhausted by the end of the week. This might sound like a lot of tomfoolery and let me ensure you, it is tomfoolery, but I put a lot of energy into that tomfoolery. So after it done, it just, and then if I get nervous on top of that, I am just toast. And yeah, like I am not healthy right now. It's one of the, like, I, I keep saying it like my, like, I'm like, eventually if I go back to a doctor just for a general, I'll just be like, could you listen to the podcast for the last year? I've pretty much have said every medical issue that I'm having in the podcast. Uh, so enjoy this podcast as you know, it's here right now. Hopefully the future will be kind to me, but, uh, I was just messed up, but then, okay. So then today you guys, I see Top Gun Maverick and I know you're like, ah, I don't want to talk about Tom Cruise or whatever, but let me just explain it from my perspective. Now I watched the original Top Gun, which is on Netflix. And now Top Gun for me, I grew up in the eighties in Kansas. And I remember that VHS when it hit home, I was a little kid and I just remember it made me want to be a fighter pilot. And I wound up a podcaster. So it was very, very similar. Um, and I just thought, wow, these jet fighter, like I wanted to be an astronaut or a jet fighter. And it was just the cool, even though I did, even as a kid, there's like a scene where all the dudes are playing volleyball and all their shirts are off and they're like grease. They're literally oiled up. And the Kenny Loggins song playing with the boys is in the background. I had the Top Gun soundtrack. It was a cassette tape. It was amazing. I got it at Walmart when I was a kid. Um, and I even knew as a kid, I was like, something's off here. Like, this is kind of weird. Like, 
I've never seen my dad oil up before he takes all y'all with the neighbors. You know, like it was, I was like, why is everybody posing? Like it is one of the most homoerotic movies you're ever going to watch in your life. Like you, I've spent years uh, theorizing with friends, this is what you do when you're a movie geek, that uh, if you close your eyes during the scenes where they're in the jet, the, the, the jet fighters, it reads like a homoerotic movie. It'll be like, I'm on him. Get on his ass. Get on his ass. Go, go, go. I'm off. I'm off. Like it is so intense. And then there's like, he buzzes the fly tower, Tom Cruise. Cause he's a, he's maverick. He's a maverick. And he buzzes, bu- buzzes the fly tower. And this guy throws coffee on himself. And then he's, he's like, I want some butt. I want some butt. He's, it's the most homoerotic movie I've ever seen. And Iceman, played by Val Kilmer, there's like the, like, it, you could read it as, you know, Tom Cruise's love interest in this is uh, a lady named Kelly McGillis in the first Top Gun. But I believe his true love interest is Val Kilmer, Iceman, because Iceman's like, you're dangerous. And he's like, that's right. Like, they're just in, always in the locker room. Everybody's always sweating so intensely. Like, flying jet fighter pilots just seems like it's a lot of sweat. And I'm already a sweater, so I was like, oh, I double sweat up there. And, but still, it was a very inspiring movie for me. The one thing I will say, I will never forget watching it on VHS. Because Top Gun was one of those movies where you just watched it constantly as a kid. And I remember watching it with friends, families, friends. Like it was, for some reason, it was like that and Ghostbusters. I watched nonstop. Maybe, maybe indie, like an Indiana Jones movie too, Last Crusade, which came out actually a couple years after that. But I remember watching Top Gun with my elementary school girlfriend, Lisa O'Connor. And, uh, who I reconnected with recently on um, Instagram, and she has a beautiful family. All, you know, everything turned out good for Lisa. But I remember watching Top Gun VHS with her parents, and there is a love scene between him and Kelly McGillis and Take My Breath Away, the song by Berlin. Like, take my breath away. Yeah. It's very beautiful. And they're fucking tongue-kissing. It, I believe, is the first time I saw tongues going into other people's mouths. Like, up until that point, I knew kissing was like what you did to your grandma. Like, the kiss on the cheek or, you know, um, you know, just the, the, the normal kissing. And this was all of a sudden I'm seeing kissing with tongues. And it's like dark and like there's like a saxophone playing. And it's just very, like, I, and I think there's like a little piece of spittle. And at that point, I think that may, maybe was one of the first times I learned to be ashamed of sexuality. <laughs> I just learned to be, I was, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away. Make me a bird so I can fly. I wanted to be anywhere but there in that room with the O'Connors. It, I, I just have it burned into my memory. And, you know, that really sets up, we've all had that experience, whether it be Top Gun or a different movie with our families where you watch something and you're not preparing for it to be insanely sexual. And then somehow, and you just all as a family, you freeze up. You're just like, Oh, we're not seeing this. We're not. And you, nobody, everybody's just looking so like a laser at the TV. Nobody's even budging. Like everybody's like, I will not blink. I will watch this entire sex scene that I did not plan on watching with my family without blinking. And then it'll pass and you'll like feel the collective relief in the, the, the family dynamic. And then an hour later, somebody will crack a joke of like, hey, it's better than that sex scene we saw earlier. And then everybody like, oh my God, you felt that too. You felt like, it is, I know you guys have been there. I've had so many times in my life and that's why I've, I refuse to watch porn with my family anymore. It just never turns out good. Um, so anyways, I go in and I, I watch this Top Gun 
It's on Netflix, like I said. So I watch it. I'm like, you know, I fucking get all like emotional again. Like it takes me back to being a kid where I'm just like, you know, I'm older. I'm out of shape. I'm like, I could still, I could do, I could, if I really set my mind to it at this point, I could do this. What, I just got to learn to fly a jet, you know? Which, by the way, I did fly a fighter jet one time. Um, it was a gift. I mean, I didn't fly, like, it was with a pro dude, like, that had been doing this. And it was, I mean, really one of the most amazing experiences I've ever did in my life. And it's also one of those things that I was, like, it was, like, a surprise gift for me. And it was good that it was a surprise because if somebody told me that, I would have found a way to back out completely. Like, I just, I wasn't... I could never, which by the way, welcome to the show, folks. If you're just, uh, if you're hearing this for the first time, you might not know what the fuck this, I thought this was about reality shows and pop culture. In a way it is, but also in a way it's about me and in a way it's about you. So welcome to the show. You're going to find something you like, I'm sure, but I kind of go on these long rambling tangents and I know a lot of you guys are used to it and some of you guys have even learned to like it. So don't worry. Also, if you don't like it, you can skip to the timestamps right now to where that Sophie thing starts. Okay. But that jet thing, I if I had known ahead of time, I would have been like, fuck no. Because I'm also very aware, not of my limits, but of, you know, life is precious and there's a lot of weird mistakes that happen, you know? Like, I get still scared on airplanes if a, a turbulent pad, and all of a sudden I'm going to be in this fucking jet going 800 miles an hour. And, you know, like, I, I mean, I got through it, obviously, and it was amazing, but it was, I just... To think Tom Cruise just likes to do this on his free time, like this what gets him off is aerial fighting. Like, do you know how lucky you have to be? <sighs> like, I, you know what? I like to watch like TV shows for fun. And sometimes like I'll eat a whole bag of chips for fun. You know, like there's, those are the things that I'm like for fun do. He's up there doing aerial combat. Like it's just wild. The kind of confidence and insanity you have to have to enjoy the things that it looks like Tom Cruise enjoys doing is just, you, I mean, sit there and think about it for a second like I, I've been doing lately. It's just, it's too much. Anyways, so I watch this Top Gun and I get all fucking like, yeah, man, I'm all like, and I'm kind of like, you guys know, like I struggle with man things. Like I'm not that manly as, even though I look like very much an intense man. I'm not, I know, sh shocking, even though I'm a, b a bad boy, <laughs> even though I'm a, b b a, b b a, b a bad boy. So, <laughs> so, I watched this Top Gun movie and it holds up. I'm just like, fuck yeah. And the soundtrack is like, highway to the danger zone. And as a kid, I was like, fuck, I like, is there a highway to the danger zone? Like that is, you know, as a kid, you don't even question lyrics like that. You're like, this song kicks ass. He's talking about a highway going to a danger zone. And then you're older, you're like, what the fuck was Kenny Loggins riding? A highway to the danger zone? Like, how do you, as a musician, you're writing this with a straight face? How do you play this for your friends of like, I'm working on this song, it's called uh, Highway. And they're like, what else is it called? To the danger zone? They're like, Kenny, why don't you just call it Highway? Or just maybe danger zone? He's like, no, highway to the danger zone. It really, but as a, a, a third grader, it made complete sense to me. He was, Kenny Loggins was writing on a third grade level. And I'm not saying that as a slam. I'm saying that he's amazing, but the song still kind of holds up. They actually played at the beginning of Top Gun Maverick. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, like Tom Cruise. And the thing that ex the thing that really blew me away about this movie, they've been trying to release this movie. And I swear to God, this is not this whole thing is not about Top Gun. But I think it's interesting because it's a good example of pop culture in the sense of dying art forms, which is kind of like going to the movie theater, blockbuster movies, which is kind of going away except for Marvel and DC films, and movie stars. 
We don't have movie stars anymore. What we do have is YouTube stars. We have TikTok stars. We have social media stars. We've talked a lot about that uh, on this podcast over the years. In fact, Top Gun kicked ass this weekend. They made $151 million here and then another $123 million overseas. Biggest opening for a Tom Cruise movie ever, which is still funny because, you know, $155 million here, you're like, oh, shit, that's amazing. But then you're like, Doctor Strange made like $300 million opening weekend. But this is an amazing thing, and it's so healthy for movie theaters to get people back in the seats. But they've had this movie finished for over two years. They've had this movie finished for over two years. And Paramount Plus, I remember the streaming service was like, fuck it, we're going to release just on Paramount Plus. And, you know, that's what HBO Max was doing with Warner Brothers. Remember, they released like Matrix Revolutions and all of these films because they're like, we don't know how long COVID's going to go on. So we're going to release it day and date on both uh, the streaming service and in theaters. And Tom Cruise was like, the fuck you are. (laughs) He's like, no, you're not. He's like, I, I have, I literally have put my life on the line doing these aerial sequences. He's like, and I will only show this movie in a theater at first. I will only do that. And it takes somebody like him to actually go, okay, he's betting his career on this. He's like, like, listen, I will not work for Paramount again if you do not do this. And in this instance, it looked like this paid off for Tom Cruise and for movies. This, you know, what he did was really, really. Uh, I think saving a lot about um, what we appreciate about going to the movie theaters and what we need to learn to appreciate again, if we can. I mean, I know, and that's what's so great about the movie uh, Top Gun Maverick is it's about a guy way past his prime. They're going to like get rid of fighter pilot. Oh, spoiler. They're going to get rid of fighter pilots and, you know, it's going to be manned like drones and, uh, you know, they keep the line that keeps it's it's not the it's not the plane, it's the pilot. And that's kind of it's a really interesting thing because you can look at it as much deeper and then just the story of a pilot, but also the story of a movie star, one of the last moving stars, uh, you know, one of the last of a dying breed trying to plant his flag in, in the soil and say, I am here. I believe in movies. I believe in movie stars. Now, the only thing that I keep getting bummed out about is he's also a Scientologist. And I have read so many things and seen so many things that it's just so weird to me. And we've all seen those weird Tom Cruise that but like Tom Cruise waited it out, man. Like we, most of us, he waited long enough and he's, he waited long enough where not a lot of people remember all the weird shit. Like, remember the jumping on the couch, Oprah Winfrey, Katie Holmes moment? Remember, like, there were so many moments. The Nicole Kidman split. Uh, he was with Mimi Rogers before that. Like, so many interesting Tom Cruise moments in a personal life. And I've always thought, there was always these rumors, like, you get with a lot of these guys of, like, oh, he he's potentially gay. And I was like, I never really thought of Tom Cruise like that. I just thought of him as asexual. I never thought of, like, him as... You know, like Brad Pitt, I can see how women and dudes are like so attracted to him. Like he, there's, I feel like there's some kind of sexuality there. And with Tom Cruise, you don't sense that at all. You just sense somebody wanted to be the best. And I kind of love that because like we want to be the best. And it, that's kind of the, I keep talking about it, Like I'm very attracted uh, to personalities like that. I was thinking like Sandoval reminds me of Tom Cruise in a lot of ways. Like seriously, that kind of passion, like, cause I just sometimes don't have it. Like I have passion right now talking to you, but you know how like much it like takes me to actually get up to the mic, you know, or afterwards I just sit here staring at a screen. Like this is probably the most energetic 
I will have been today is talking to you guys. But Tom Cruise, you picture 24-7. He's like, let's go. Let's do this. I feel the need, the need for speed, danger zone. Anyways, the movie is is good. Like, it's not like the best movie I've ever seen, but it's good. It's thrilling. You know, he has a lot of young actors in there, younger actors. Uh, Jay Ellis and Glenn Powell especially is amazing. Glenn Powell and Jay Ellis were both at the acting studio that I used to be at. In fact, I've interviewed both of those guys. I've worked with Jay Ellis on a project that I should put that back up on YouTube. Um, and, uh, but Glenn Powell is one of the most charming dudes that I've ever met in my life. And his story is to me, it's like, he used to like, just try to get on a studio lot and then he would stand outside and just make conversation with people walking by like, Hey, how you doing? What are you up to? You know, like, but he was so charming and a very attractive dude that it worked and he would always put the work in. Like he's, it's very interesting. You should check out his story, but he's great in this. Miles Teller, you know, he's good. He, whatever. But I, I recommend it, but I don't recommend it because I'm like, oh my God, this is the best action movie I've ever seen. I don't know. It just, I think it's very telling of where we're at right now in society. And also for those people that were in the eighties, like me, it is this huge time warp, which we're dealing with so much lately. We always talk about on this show of like, holy shit, it's been that long. It's been that long. Oh my God. And these characters, you're like, I was a kid when this character, and now, whoa. And you just, it's like these movies, and even TV, we were talking about Teen Mom last week, and watching these characters get older on Teen Mom, and you're like, I've literally been watching you since you were a teen mom. <laughs> you know, like, and now, look at you, it's wild. And you see, that's why it's always disappointing. I remember, like, about what, six months, six or seven months ago, remember when Tom Cruise put all that those fillers in his face? And he went to a baseball game and it was like the fillers hadn't settled yet. And all of a sudden he looked like a chipmunk. Luckily, it looks like he's dissolved all the fillers. And now there's lines in his face, but he looks like a normal, really attractive dude. And I'm like, that's that's good, you know? But it's like, I don't know. It says something about getting older and getting older with stuff. I don't know. There's too many emotions mixed up in it for me. And I know that sounds so weird, but it really is this weirdly emotional movie and not just because of the plot line at all. Like it's in a way... Oh my God, I just did 25 minutes on Top Gun. Ryan, what is your, I, uh, damn it, man. I got passionate. I got, got really, got, got really into that danger zone. Um, okay. Uh, let's move it on a little bit here. I was on a podcast last week. I'm going to play you three or four minutes of it right now. Cause I really dug it. Want to want you guys to check it out. I talked about it last week, but it is out now. It is called uh, celebrity book club. And it was just, I had a great experience. It's the one I read the Selma Blair autobiography for, Mean Baby, which I highly recommend as well. I thought that was such a cool uh, book. And I'm probably saying that partly because I read a book and I was like, look at you reading a book. Um, But uh, Chelsea Devantes hosts it and she is just so smart, so witty. They focus on on, uh, female celebrity autobiographies and it is really cool. They have amazing guests and I was really honored to be a part of it. So I want to make sure you guys check it out. Uh, If you did and you like it, make sure you let her know. These things matter to me because I always tell you guys, is that, you know, like this wasn't in my cards of being a podcaster. This wasn't what I thought I wanted to do. Or it, no, it just, this wasn't even on the agenda or like even presented to me as an option, but I really love it. And, um, I, I want to try to 
keep making this my career and I don't know, you know, like you never know what tomorrow brings. So I want to make sure I do bring what audience I have to these people and um, because I really do respect them and hope that I can work with them down the line. So here is a really small clip, just like three and a half minutes, I think, of the Selma Blair. And uh, if you like it, check out the full episode and then uh, give it a positive review. Here it is. Um, Okay, well, this book starts with a psychic moment. And on this podcast, there's a theory, there is a psychic moment in almost every female memoir. It's not a theory, it's a test I'm running. Yeah. And I'm I'm correct 90% of the time. This book not only starts with a psychic moment, I think it holds the record for most psychic moments in a female memoir. I was so fucking delighted by all of them. But I want to start by reading this really poignant thing she wrote at the end of the first chapter. She said, What I didn't know then, but what I'm starting to learn now is that I don't need a fortune teller to tell me a story about who I am or where I'm going. I don't need a psychic to make connections between my past and my present. I know how the story unfolds. I've seen how the pieces fit together and I want to be the one who tells it. And I was like, yes, yes. And then she tells us 19 other psychic moments that changed her life. (laughs) There are so many psychic moments where she even says that was a bad psychic moment. Like she was like, some are great, some are bad. And then I kind of was like hoping for like, she had a lot of like handwritten notes and like pictures of like actual things in her life. And I was like really hoping for a tabulation of how much money she's spent on psychics over the years. Oh my God. I mean, it, it, it was so great too, because I've listened, I've seen a lot of them. I, I stopped a while ago, but I came up with psychics too. And like, yes, yeah, some are good. Some are bad, which like doesn't bode well for if psychics are correct. But <laughs> she, I mean, each one, she's like this one dead on this one, just a really bad thing that ruined my night. Like one woman was like, you're going to die a horrible death. And yes. like, you're fucking doomed. And she was like, well, that sucks. And then like went on her day. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, but it did seem to be like a very uh, common thread in her life that she was very comfortable with. She was even, I think one towards the end, she was like a, me and a group of girlfriends all went to a psychic. So I was like, oh, yeah. this is like a group activity. You're not, there's no shame on this. This is like psychic parties happening. Oh yeah, she is all in on psychics. And my relationship on psychics goes back and forth. But listen, we're going to get to Tyler Henry later and we'll go all in. Oh yeah. Now, but first, we got to say, she does the cardinal sin of memoirs. She starts recapping in her grandparents' history. And like, I just can't, I can't go two generations back. Like, you can give me your mom, you can give me your dad, but like, you can't give me your grandparents. I don't know if this is like my problem with like family history personally, but like, I can't, I can't read about your grandpa. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's hard for, I mean, that's, and also I get then, I don't know why I've always been this way. It's like either with like Downton Abbey, I get sad when I, when I think about older times, like, I don't know, oh, like no. I need something, <laughs> I need something from like the sixties onwards. And so I'm always like that with books too, where I'm like, oh God, I have to get through this person's whole generation before I even get to Selma being born. And yeah. it, well, it, I just, I want it to, I want it to tell a big story. Like if this is really relevant, tell it, but usually you're like, I guess that's what your grandpa did though. I will say there's a little section in her book that I think really sums up the, the vibe of her childhood. She said, dinner on Coventry Woods Lane was almost formal. My mother still in her pencil skirt and heels, red lipstick staining the rim of the martini glass that was forever sweating at her side. My father in a cashmere sweater and tweed jacket, eyeglasses, his constant prop. It was very civilized. My mother was a Republican and Elliot was a Democrat. Elliot's her father. This was the time when people could sit at the same table and talk respectfully about the issues of the day. And so they did. First off, I was like, 
gross. Like, I don't <laughs> like when people are like, remember when, like, we could sit and debate issues? It's like, yeah, remember when we politely told women they don't have rights? Like, <laughs> like you, I politely <laughs> believed poor people should suffer. Like, I wish we could go back to that time. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it also it brings up, like, you know, the first of the actual drinking, how much of a centerpiece of the book this is. Yeah, very with her mad mom. Men. Just, yeah, very madman. And wait, wasn't her mom like a lawyer too? Like she- Yeah, yeah, working woman. But I, I ate dinner with my family when we grew up in Kansas and we weren't having philosophical discussion. Like it was, it was really- and Yeah, it was a cool portrait of that m- moment for sure. But the, okay, I want to read the next paragraph too. She said, our meals were rather simple. Steak, salad, <laughs> spaghetti. I said, simple. <laughs> I was like, That's I was, a night out at the Ritz. I was like, I was like, I was like eating tuna helper regularly. Like that was, yes. and I was like, and I had to learn to make it eventually for my mom. You know, yeah, like, like there you're, was yeah, no, you're like seven like years steak. old and like it's toast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Chip beef, you know. No, it really, but it really got me. It kind of, I, my new theory in reading these books is that not everyone. I think anyone who doesn't grow up extremely rich thinks that they are from humble beginnings. Like, I think everyone is like, we struggled, blah, blah. But it's like, steak? You had steak? Like, wait, this cannot be a simple meal. Well, it I, just, I mean, it, it sets up that thing, too, of like, yeah, her her class was like, just even the way she dressed, the way she holds herself, even like, that's why Cruel Intentions was such a good movie for her. It really kind of seems to be rang true of who she was, just like- yes. Uh, I, you know, I just remember even hearing about Selma Blair for the first time and she always came off as elite in a way, not elitist per se, but elite and carried herself with a certain gravitas that you are usually taught by, you know, your mom and your dad. But it's interesting that she did think she was the odd man out. um, Yeah, I know. It was funny, but the, the one thing I do love is that she was really, really sensitive soul. And she wrote about these moments in childhood that just scar her and create guilt and, her mom is like a genuinely tough, tough person. Um, and it's like while she was a single working mom who then marries Elliot and she like does all these incredible things, she also does a lot of like awful things and Selma doesn't always have love. And it did remind me of like, you know, everyone, everyone struggles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every, it, even if steak is on the table, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what was, I mean? Your childhood traumas are real. Yeah, it was <laughs> undercooked. It. <laughs> it, was, it was undercooked. It wasn't cooked properly. I mean, it was a lot of tragedy. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. But it was, I will say her mom is who, um, she loves her dearly and she's deeply attached to her. And yet here's a sample of things that happened from her mom. When I was in seventh grade, I told my mother I had started my period. I acted surprised as if it had only just begun because her mom, her entire life had been scaring her. Like you better like, Oh, when you start your period, like it's fucking over. So she waits till seventh grade. Then her mom, she writes, she asked how much I weighed. 90 pounds, I said. She told me not to get a pound heavier, not a single pound. This is your weight, she said. This is your size. I've been very wary of weight gain ever since. Yeah, Yeah, I bet. And then to no surprise, she battles an extreme eating disorder her entire life, anorexia, but never even knows she has an eating disorder because she, her mother really said, like, when you get your period, like, that's when your body stops. And so you're done then. And then she just stops eating because she gained, she weighs 90 pounds her whole life. I mean, she doesn't even realize that until she goes into a rehab for actually not an eating disorder and realizes she's like, has an eating disorder. And this is like later in life, but it's, it shows you like all our parents, like just leave that imprint of something just great and something 
potentially horrible that sticks with you for the rest. Like she has such a vivid memory of her childhood because I was trying to remember things. Like I was like, okay, my childhood, my grandfather. What about like I was trying to think and it's like I have these moments, but I'm I guess blessed sometimes that my moments haven't like left. I mean, there's certain scars, but not like these. And you're like this really you see you sense the the how much of a, a footprint it left everywhere on her. Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. And again, like I know I was, you know, I was making a little bit fun of of the fanciness of her life, but she is scarred. She's very scarred. And it's interesting too. She said, every psychic I've ever met with always notes this dark energy around me. And before we even got to that point, it's like, you can feel it. Like she's a really, she really got wounded and her mom was like, pretty awful sometimes. Uh, probably not the best place to cut that off at. <laughs> probably, pretty horrible mother. Yeah. No, no. I just, I, I was actually really enjoying listening to it. And I was like, oh no, I've got to finish this podcast. But anyways, if you liked that, uh, it gets actually a lot funny. I mean, it was just great banter. I really love Chelsea. I think she is such a great host and I'm really in admiration of her. So uh, please go check it out if you want to hear more of that because it really intersects with pop culture. I mean, Selma was in rehab with Britney Spears at one point wild like it's always interesting how these people connect like that's why I sometimes worry I'm like oh you're never going to be super famous because I like didn't end up going to school with like like Tupac or something you know like the you, you know celebrities always like will weirdly end up like intersecting with another celebrity in their life somehow and you're like, how did that even possibly? Like, I don't feel like I have many of those stories. But anyways, go check out that Celebrity Book Club. You're going to love it. Go check out the other episodes too. Very cool. Also, you're going to hear a commercial later in this program for uh, Splendid Spoon. Now, I'm I, I'm doing, I have to do a repeat. I don't have to. I'm, I, I could turn it down. But so I guess this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm always going to be honest with you guys. So I do these commercials where I'll speak in the middle sometimes, and I guess, like, I don't really, I guess they, like, get people that, like, check them out or use my product code or something, because I don't really ever get uh, anybody, like, talking about. But then I got in, I got an email from uh, iHeart saying that nobody used my product code for Splendid Spoon, which is, like, wild, because I actually really flipping dug Splendid Spoon. So you're going to hear another commercial for that. And so what I'm asking, this is just so many big asks, this one. I just need one of you guys. If you can all get on a group email and just maybe I'll throw in some, we'll all go in on a Splendid Spoon thing. Just so at least one person gets Splendid Spoon that I just, because like, I mean, it is just weird because I'm always like thinking I'm about to get fired, you know? I'm like, oh my God, am I about to get fired? And then I'm like, oh no, nobody ordered Splendid Spoon. Like I don't even, like I worry about a billion other things in regards to this podcast that sometimes I completely forget about the sponsors. And so I always want to give them, so I was like, yes, of course, I will do a free commercial and hopefully somebody will get Splendid Spoon. So you will be hearing another Splendid Spoon commercial today. And I will have to do a commercial on my Instagram on Tuesday, I said, or to, well, that is tomorrow, man. And No, tomorrow's Monday. Okay, good. So I have a day to prepare. <laughs> but it's like, sometimes it's the worst, but I actually did dig Splendid Spoon a lot. So I was like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, I don't know. You'll hear me do uh, on Sheena's podcast. I get to do a couple commercials with her and it's uh it was pretty entertaining. Hers were a lot of the female, you know, sexy power tool commercials. Anyway, so anyway, just uh, wanted to throw that out there. And I'm not going to like, you know, I, I was, 
I really tried to beat myself up of that. I was like, does that make me a loser that nobody used my splendid spo- spoon offer count? But then I was like, okay, but that means other, but that means a lot of people have used the other ones because I've never really gotten a complete. So yeah, maybe this is just like a weird week. Maybe it was just like they skipped past it. I don't know. Maybe they're scared of spoons. Who knows? Um, okay. A couple of pop culture stories. We didn't get to a lot because it was, this is only like a 48 minute one with Sophie. Um, we didn't get to, uh, oh my God, that's hysterical. Oh, sorry. Emily Simpson from Real Housewives of Orange County. Her kids drew a boat and says, my boys are obsessed with the Titanic. And I wrote, don't tell them how it ends. And then she wrote, I let them watch the movie. And I wrote, I hope they can agree that Kate Winslet should have shared the door at the end. She was laying on. So poor Leo, Leo DiCaprio didn't drown. And she said, they did say that. And those are smart kids. Emily Simpson from OC has smart kids. I'm going to write that back. Smart kids. Shane has taught them well. No, I'll just put smart kids. Um, so, <laughs> anywho. Uh, let's see. Let's do some pop culture stories. Because, uh, like I said, it was a little rushed with uh, with Sophie. But not in a bad way. I think you're still going to love it. I talk about this a little bit, but I just want to follow back up. Lisa Rinna, she's just doing so much. She already does so much on the show. And Lisa, if you're listening, I kind of sometimes have a feeling you might, um, just chill. Like you're doing like, listen, Lisa, you're not going anywhere. Like the only way you'd go somewhere at this point is if you keep doing the bullshit you're doing now. Like, I don't know if you're trying to like, hey, Kathy, let me handle this. I'll get everybody excited. Because <laughs> she seems like she has a vendetta against Kathy Hilton for some reason. And I don't know, like Kathy, like I don't doubt that any of these people are goofy. You know, they're all goofy in the head. Uh, the fact that they're on reality shows just even to begin with, already goofy. But my thing is, like, if you're going to already, Rena, just be shouting from the mountaintops about Kathy every flipping week before she's even on the show, you're going to really take away the excitement of whatever Kathy does do on the show. We're not going to be as horrified because you've been jamming it down our throats on social media. So supposedly she docks this kid. I mean, by the way, like the kid had her, her number and like texted Rena, which is already stupid. Like, listen, I'm a bad boy, but I am not, I would never, I would never just you know, I got so many messages. Did you call Rinna's number? Cause eventually he released her number this morning. And first off I was asleep, so I did not get it before it was shut off, but I wouldn't have done it anyways. And I know that sounds probably disappointing to some people, but it's like, what am I going to do with that? Like, I don't like, Hey, Lisa, <laughs> it's you, Lisa. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, now that I'm saying that out loud, it could have been funny, but I don't know. Like I'll talk shit with you guys, but, um, I'll talk shit with you guys all day long, but like, I have no desire to like to go into somebody's like personal phone number. Like, I'll tell you a story. Once I remember, like, this is a long time ago when I did a Kardashian podcast, somebody I knew worked for the Kardashians and even sent the, the contract that you have to sign with Chris that you can get sued for like millions and millions of dollars. And, <laughs> and, and then sent me all of their phone numbers. Like it was on this laminate sheet in a kitchen. And I was like, Oh my God, how many, um, how many times does these get changed? Like I imagine like their numbers get changed every, every day, you know? And I never called any of those numbers. Cause what am I, you know, like, what's up Courtney? Hi, it's Ryan. Like what? 
no, I'm just, I'm, you know, is your toilet running? Like, you, you know, I don't, whatever those stupid things you would do. Oh, also I got so many, um, so many messages, uh, about, uh, stove napkin uh, in the Beverly Hills recap. I was pointing out that crystal had, Oh fuck. I forgot it already. She had a little dainty little napkin on her stove on that handle. What's the fuck? Oh, it's called a tea towel. Tea towel. She had a tea towel. So I, I didn't know what the fuck it was called. So I kept calling it like a stove napkin or a stove tissue, which, you know, you tell, but I got, man, I got so many emails and like messages about like stove. And I'm like, I listen, I, I'm like, I said I was an idiot when I, you know, I didn't know what the fuck it was. Like, I shouldn't even like, I don't know. Like they don't teach tea towels in school. You know, they probably do in that top gun school where you can be a fighter pilot, but I don't know. So, Anywho, I wasn't going to call Lisa Rinna's number. Like it just, that, uh, I mean, unfortunately is not me. Like I'll be really goofy here with you guys, but I don't know what I would do with that. But I also don't trust anything that Rinna's involved in. The fact that she called, like, I don't know. Like I just don't trust anybody involved in the Rinna circle, whether they're, you know, and also what's kind of funny with this is that people, it all comes out in the wash, right? Like, I like Rena starting off. Like, I remember I liked her up until like the third season, maybe. And now I just really can't stand her. But that also is part of the show. And I want that part of the show to keep going. I really enjoy uh, not liking somebody on these shows. It's really, I don't know if I would say fun. Yeah, I would say fun. It's a different kind of fun. But it's fun to not like somebody on these shows. But Rena seems to really just also just be horrible at it. Like, she's you know, when she's, she's trying to be bad now. And it sometimes is even, it works on this kind of, um, inception level where you're like, this is so meta and inside baseball and I'm laughing. But if you were a new person watching this, you would be like, who's the clown? Who, who's the clown that won't stop? Like, you know, like, Oh, that's Lisa Renna. She's been here since season, you know, <laughs> you, you would, you wouldn't know how to explain that person. But all I will say is that new people that watch the show, they're like, wait, is that what is literally, is that a clown? Is that like, what is, what's going on? Is she, is she okay? Like they just, they're like, why does she react to everything? And every reaction seems fake. And I'm like, that's Lisa Rinna. That's and Erica. We talked, but Erica is just really becoming a non issue. Like it's just a non entity. Things take care of themselves. Like we can scream and yell and justice and blah, blah, blah. And all the stuff that I'll still do forever. But at the end of the day, this stuff all takes care of itself. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I always think like Rinna, is it worth being, <laughs> is it worth being known if you have to be known like this? And I guess the thing of that is, is that other celebrities don't usually, like other celebrities just see you at the party. Like they're like, oh, she got invited. She must be somebody. That's why I think it's so important for Lisa Rinna to get the free invites to the Elton John fundraisers because she wants to be a part of it. And the reality of that is most people are not going to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You know, you think like Daniel Day-Lewis and Tom Hanks are like, oh, big fan, Rinna of the Beverly Hills. Love it. Love it. No, but they're like, okay, I do know know you and you're obviously in something. So you're one of us. And I think that's what's important to Rinna is that she's one of us. And I don't mean housewives. I mean, a part of Hollywood. And I think it's very, very important to Rinna, even more so than Harry Hamlin, which by the way, you guys, I got a secret to tell you. Get close, get close. Okay. So I know somebody in an acting class in Harry Hamlin's acting class. Harry 
Murray Hamlin is in acting class. So I guess he's he took a break because he's off to do some like movie or something. But he's been in acting class doing a monologue from Richard III, the Shakespeare play. And this is what I hear. Direct quote. He's so gorgeous, it's sometimes uncomfortable to watch. And I'm like, damn, dude. And then secondly, well, first off, great actor. Um, they said great actor. And um, that was it, actually. Great actor, and he's really good looking. <laughs> but I just think that's so funny. See, that's what I'm telling you. Harry's a real actor, dude. He's out there, like, doing classes, doing monologues, you know, like, doing, like, doing the work. You know, Rinda's out there dancing to Harry Styles in her bedroom, and, you know, Harry's out there going, like, to be or not to be, that is the question. You know, and Lisa's like, hey, that's right, Balenciaga's. <laughs> uh, but we'll have more see it's, I just wish it was more on the show and not on social media and all of you guys are not on social media are like good I'm glad I'm not there and yeah just stay off it if you don't or if you do not have social media as part of your life keep it that way it is not worth it Rena tries to do a whole second show and I just don't love it. Also, uh, Sunday night we got um, Kim Kardashian's had a busy week you guys she was in Italy she came back I think she did some work shit then she was going to post the Italy photos, uh, but then the school shooting happened. So she denounced the school shooting. Then she endorsed Rick Caruso for Los Angeles mayor, which I don't really dig. Um, and, uh, and then she ended the week sticking her tongues out with Pete Davidson. They're doing cute little, cute little Instagrammies. We're just a couple that sticks her tongues out. Yay. Rock star. I got to tell you, I'm almost at this point interested to see Kim Kardashian in a movie. Because I think she might be a really good actor. Like, the way she looks at the camera, it's creepy. Like, you can tell how much she, she's really gotten used to communicating a certain thing. It, I don't know, you guys. It is... I just don't know. Like, I care in the sense that this is what I do. But there's no part of me... I, I was looking at some of the girls saying, like, oh, my God. But I felt nothing. But I guess that's kind of what I feel a lot these days. I just like, I feel nothing. Um, just very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. That is that. Oh my God. I want to talk about this more, but this Todd Chrisley, you guys, I don't know. <laughs> this Chrisley knows best. Now I only know Todd Chrisley and Chrisley knows best because it's always on Bravo at the wrong time. You know, it's like that thing when you're like on an airplane and they have Bravo and you're like, fuck yeah, I'll get to watch some housewives. And then it's always like a Harry Potter marathon. And you're like, how come the f every time I fucking fly, they play Harry Potter on Bravo? Like how is Bravo attached to Harry Potter at all? Like how is that even a thing on Bravo to watch Harry Potter? But the other thing is you'll be late at night and all this sudden they're playing Chrisley Knows Best. Chrisley Knows Best, if I'm not mistaken, is not a Bravo show, and yet it airs on Bravo at the times that I don't want it to, and it's really frustrating. So anyways, this Chrisley Knows Best, like, and I turn it off immediately. It's like anathema to, like, it's, I get, like, I break out in hives when it comes on, and I know a lot of people, my buddy Samaj loves it. Like, I just, and I just pray for all of you guys that really love Todd Chrisley and Chrisley Knows Best. So this Todd Chrisley, you guys, He's in a lot of like trouble. And I know I might shock you guys with some of this news because to me, I was like, this guy's got a family and stuff like that. Todd Chrisley accused of having gay affair with ex-employee paying off blackmailer in bombshell court testimony. 
uh, plus more news. So this is a bombshell claim under oath. Uh, he allegedly had a secret affair with a male business partner for about a year in the early 2000s, and the two paid a blackmailer $38,000 in cash after the anonymous person threatened to expose their relationship. Former Chrisley employee Mark Braddock made the claim in court on May 25th as part of the reality TV's family bank and tax fraud case, which has hung over the Chrisley's heads for three years. So I'm going to yeah, maybe this is the thing that I'm like, I'm now into Chrisley knows. Now I really want to know what Chrisley knows. This, like, by the way, can you guys tell me, is this what Chrisley knows best is about? Like, I thought it was about this guy and his wacky family. And he was one of the wacky guys. I didn't realize it was about a guy trying to cover up gay affairs and like blackmail and shit. Like, I'm like, I'm all in. Like, can anybody tell me which season this starts at? Because I want to see all of this stuff. Like you, you literally had me at having gay affair with ex-employee. I'm like, I'm in, I'll watch all the seasons now. Like, listen, I just like this guy, looks like he could be in top gun. He like, he's very smooth faced. I'm looking at a picture of him now. And I know he's in his like fifties at least, but he has like little young boy face, which I just can't imagine is, is natural at all. But Chris Lee knows best. I gotta, I mean, that just, I hate to say, like, that's so weird. I'm like, that has me written all over. <laughs> uh, Real Housewives of Orange County alum Joe De La Rosa uh, marries Taryn Gray today. Now, Joe has been on this show a couple of times, and I really, congratulations to them. They had such a cute love story meeting over the pandemic, and she seemed really, really happy. Joe has always been really nice to me and this show. So uh, it was attended by uh, Jeannie Keough, Alexis Bellino, who's also been on this show. And I hope they had the night. She looked very beautiful and pretty, and I hope it was one of the happier days of her life. How exciting for her. Um, some quick hits before we get to Sophie. Real Housewives of Atlanta star Candy Burris was not happy. Andy Cohen publicly asked her daughter about her relationship with her estranged father on Watch What Happens Live on Sunday. I didn't say anything to him about it, but I didn't really like when he brought up my daughter's father to her on camera on live. Candy said Friday on the Slut Pig podcast, which is Christian Gray Snow, our friend Christian. So congrats to him for that interview. But also... Uh, from what I'm hearing on the interview, though, it didn't seem like she was that upset. So it's really weird that like page six and all of these people picked this up because if you listen to the interview, it's not it's not this dramatic. So I think sometimes what happens with these things is, you know, I think the people behind the pod and stuff like that will put out clips or will try to reach out like, oh, this is the good stuff from this interview. You might be able to make a story out of this. And it kind of spreads that way. I did that with a couple, I did that with the Heather Gay one, I believe, where somebody picked up the Heather Gay one. And that was kind of like, wow, that got really passed around. But I don't do that for my interviews because I don't really think, you know, I don't look, I look to kind of like have a good experience with it. I don't know. Like it's, I don't, I mean, that I'm, I don't know. It's just weird because I, I listened to it and it wasn't, it didn't seem like Candy was that bothered, so it was weird that I kept seeing the story in a lot of different places. Uh, Stassi Schroeder claims she and Kristen Doty could have taken people down during firing, saying other Vanderpump Rule stars were involved and explains actions against Faith Stowers. Uh, listen, I I don't know. I don't know if this is like continued things to get the book out there that she just released. Uh, she was on the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. Uh, they witnessed lots of other people were a part of what went down, but that's kind of like saying like, I know these guys were all truly in this friend group. So when shit goes down, like, yeah, I'm sure text messages were going all over the place. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, but also I think at this point, 
Um, I would hope that Stasi would not keep bringing shit up like that on the podcast because I think at the end of the day, it makes her look bad more than anybody else. And I know she's kind of moved past a lot of this or at least tried to. So I, I don't know. I don't think you want to keep getting true, but what do I know? Listen, I don't know. Um, we do the Justin B we do S and we do Ellen. We got those, uh, Josh Duggar, of course, I hate to keep bringing up these horrific stories, uh, who appeared in TLC's 19 kids and counting was sentenced Wednesday to about 12 and a half years for downloading and possessing child pornography. Duggar was sentenced to 151 months in prison and fined $10,000 according to legal documents obtained by USA today. USA Today. Um, yeah, good. Wouldn't mind if it was longer, Josh. I mean, this guy's already been, you know, this guy's had multiple. I, I, I think some people just get broken. Their brains are broken. And unfortunately, you've got to be put away. Um, Aerosmith has canceled the June and July dates for its Las Vegas residency as lead singer Steven Tyler seeks treatment for addiction. The band announced in a statement Tuesday that Tyler relapsed after foot surgery to prepare for the stage and the necessity of pain management during the process. Uh, listen, Aerosmith, I, I was talking about this with somebody today in regards to Madonna. Because Madonna posted um, herself in a baklava or like one of those masks puffing like um, the hookah. And it's really one of the scarier images I've seen of Madonna in a long Like, and there's been quite a few this last year, but really just a very uh, intense photo. And I'm hoping, and she was like at a basketball game with uh, the rapper Tory Lanez today that was accused of shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot. And uh, at this point, I'm just like, I'm hoping. Madonna's having the time of her life because from a PR standpoint, I don't think it looks great anymore. And I was having this argument with a friend where it was like, Madonna is like ingrained in all of our memories. Like I'm speaking of people that are older than 30 years old. I think you're like, it's ingrained. It's something that you, you respect, you honor, you uh, cherish and like the Madonna song. Like you really appreciate everything that she did. She really was an innovator, all of that stuff. And I really didn't think her career would, um, not go out where like, I just didn't think it would be where it is now. Um, hopefully she's ecstatic with her career. I just didn't picture that for her, but listen, Madonna is always one of those people you never could predict. I don't know. I'm trying to think of positive ways to say these things. Regardless though, I was talking about like, the way pop culture has gone, if you add in TikTok, all of this shit, is that do kids know Madonna? Honestly. My friend was like, oh, yeah, you know, they know Like a Virgin. And they know, I'm like, well, why would they know Like a Virgin? Who plays it? Their parents? Their parents? They're, they're going around playing Like a Virgin? Maybe a couple, but like, honestly. Then I was thinking about that in regards to that Steven Tyler story. Because when I was a kid, Aerosmith, man, that Pump album and Get a Grip. Remember the Elisa Silverstone videos with Liv Tyler and how it was like a trilogy of videos? And it was, you know, it was awesome. I remember having the big crush on both Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler, which was hysterical because as a boy, I wouldn't have been able to get either of them. I still couldn't have get either of them. But I remember like going like, which one would I choose, Ryan? And you're like, well, you really, it wouldn't really be your choice. <laughs> but I was just like enamored. Like they were just both so hot in those videos. I I was huge Aerosmith fan for that. And uh, I love, I mean, and Steven Tyler has famously battled with uh, 
drug addiction for a long time, early in his career. So, man, it's one of those things. It's got to be wild because as you get older with the band, like, you know, we see it with the Stones, where the Stones really manage to kind of be amazing in the sense of making money. Like, you might not know any new music from the Stones, um, but you'll know their tours. Like, it'll sell out immediately. Whoever's in charge of uh, kind of keeping them out there in the industries, like, Keep, keeping them out there, whether it be licensing their songs to a movie or a commercial, they've kept them out there, all of their catalog. Now, I think Aerosmith, not so much. And unfortunately, when you're coming off three years almost of a pandemic and, you know, these guys, like, it's like they are getting older. It's like they want to make their money. And I feel something is bad for the other band when you're like, have a guy that's like consistently struggling, which your heart goes out. And like, man, Steven Tyler is an icon. I just get scared because these things that I love so much that I scream so much and I'm so vocal about on this show, I want them to do good. You know, like I want them to, I don't know, like I want them to always mean something because they'll always mean something to me. And as you get older, you realize, oh man, like we do have to tell people the things that we love. And I mean, it's like, I love you guys, you know, like you got to tell the, but I'm talking mainly about pop culture weirdos. Um, <laughs> you got to say these things. So Steven Tyler, I hope you are okay. I really do. Um, okay. Let's do the commercial right here and then we'll get into Sophie and then we'll call it a day and I'll talk to you guys later this week. Um, so Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's our friends at Splendid Spoon, you guys. Woo, 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 woo. Okay, so our friends at Splendid Spoon. Now, this is something I've talked about multiple times on this show, and I really, really love it. And it's one of those things that I actually probably will be forced to get because it's awesome, it's easy, and it makes you feel good. The week that I actually was using Splendid Spoon, I felt way better, better digestion, less bloated, glowing skin. Look at me now, folks. I am a troll. I had improved sleep, more energy, I had mental clarity. Folks, last week I slept horrible. I'm thinking, now that I think about it, this is directly because of Splendid Spoon. 
Uh, Splendid Spoon allowed me to prioritize myself. I feel great when I have Splendid Spoon. There were fewer cravings because all I had to do was take one of the soups or one of the health shots or one of the shakes. It is so easy to just throw that thing in the microwave or the stove, make it, eat it. It's delicious. It's good for you. You feel good, all of that stuff. But we can all use a little help to kickstart healthy habits. And that's where Splendid Spoon comes in. I truly believe this because I get so busy. It was really kind of this uh, unique gift where I did not have to think about it. And I trusted them because I knew it was healthy. I knew the ingredients because they make you go over it all when you approve them to be a sponsor. And I'm like, hell yeah. And it was cool. I could go into my cave. I could work. I could come out, do a health shot, go back into my cave. And it was awesome. So the thing about Splendid Spoon is that these are plant-based meals and snacks, and they're delivered right to your door. Um, Now, I have not been a vegetarian up to this point, but I will tell you something. The week that I had Splendid Spoon, I was not thinking about meat. It is not something that even occurs to you because these are delicious meals. These are hearty meals. I was actually full from them. Uh, It fit into my daily routine, like I said, just kind of amazing. It saved me tons of time because sometimes I just won't even eat. But if I know something's out there, right there, easy and good for me that I can just throw in, prepare really quickly, or the smoothies, the smoothies taste like flipping dessert. I thought I was like cheating on like something, you know? Um, Splendid Spoon meals are shipped right to your door, ready to eat. You'll only lift a finger to press start on your microwave. Um, Every meal plan also is customizable, folks. So I was able to pick what sounded good to me, and you can change that up at any time. So you can get what you want every time. The choice is yours. Like I said before, every single meal is is 100% plant-based, gluten-free, GMO-free, always made with plenty of vegetables, legumes, which means beans, uh, healthy fats, whole grains, spices from all over the world. So you can enjoy a fresh take on classic dishes like their fan favorite vegan meatballs and marinara noodles, or Take your taste buds on an exotic journey with California Tika Soup. I've actually had the California Tika Soup, and it really is awesome. (laughs) They've got plenty of smoothies, grain bowls, soup bowls, noodle bowls for you to discover. And with over 50 choices and a constantly rotating menu, there are always new dishes to try. Plus, eating plant-based food can come with a wealth of benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion which if you listen to the beginning of the show and even at the beginning of this commercial, I need help with all of those. So Splendid Spoon, please, I need more. Uh, Try Splendid Spoon today and take meal planning off your plate. Just go to splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad. That's S-O-B-A-D for $50 off your first box when you subscribe to the breakfast, lunch, and reset plan or the breakfast, lunch, dinner, and reset plan. That's splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad for $50 off. Remember, those will be in the show notes as well. Uh, You know, if you don't, DM me, email me if you have any problems. But just go visit it, splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad. Check it out for yourself. You guys, uh, please, that would be amazing. Thank you so much because I actually do like this product. Now, folks, we're finally here. The moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, Here she is, Sophie Ross, Pop Culture Roundup. Guys, welcome to your week. I'm just going to get into it because we have limited time with Sophie. Sophie, uh, welcome to your week. How's it going so far? You just got back from the beach? Yeah, so I'm actually at the Jersey Shore this weekend. Um, And yeah, my boyfriend's grandparents have a house here. So we're with Mom, Mom, and Pop, Pop, and... 
some friends came. So yeah, and we're going out to dinner tonight, but we were at the beach and I got so sunburnt yesterday. Oh and my I was God. like, I know, I know. I'm showing Ryan my sunburn. I'm like very sunburnt, but wow, um, good for you. Really good. I know it was good to get some sun. I at least got some sun, which is what my goal was. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're in Memorial Day weekend, and hopefully, you guys are having a great one. It has been a really rough week, and we've talked and about I'm that on the podcast. Espresso martini right now. Oh my God. And she's drinking an espresso martini. Folks, why don't you lead with the espresso martini? That would be something <laughs> that I would lead with. The sunburn is like, it doesn't even, somebody made you an espresso martini, said, I'm about to podcast, yeah. let me make you an espresso martini, Sophie. Yeah, my boyfriend did. He's so cute. I like didn't even know he was going to, but I was just thinking, I was like, usually I like to shower and take a nap before dinner when there's a beach day because the sun <laughs> makes me tired. And I don't really have time to nap today. And he just came down with an espresso martini. He makes a is, good one. Is it true your boyfriend works on uh, Below Deck? Yeah, he actually works at, um, he by night works at, sir. <laughs> yeah. Was, oh my God. I got to tell you, I, I, uh, was on shenanigans, Sheena Shea's podcast on Friday. It'll be out this Friday. Oh my God. And how did it go? It, it was insane. I mean, it, I think it's going to be a great episode, but it's over at like dear media. Their studios are like insane over at like the Pacific design center, which is just so nice. But like they have a studio, they have cameras, they have all this stuff. Like Brock was there, but then he left. But then it was it was intense. All I will say is that these guys, there needs to be cameras on them at all times. Like every time you think like you read something, you're like, oh, well, that's crazy. They're not arguing over like wedding invites. They are. They fully, truly are. Like everything you think is fake. It's usually true and even more true than you would think it's true. Wait, did she give the tea about like not getting invited to Stassi's wedding? Because I heard that. Did you hear that Jackson Brittany backed out? Okay, so (laughs) I can't see I'm not allowed, but I will say I have proof that that is not exactly the case that as much as I want to slam Jax and Brittany and all that stuff, I, 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 I saw that that is not true. I'm sure that will all come out, but it is hysterical that I guess Stassi sent like a uh, a thing to everybody that got disinvited to the wedding. Cause it was originally going to be on Vanderpump rules right. and then it wasn't. So she was like, I'm not going to pay for all of these people. So sent out like, I think like a mass email that looked like it was done in Canva or something. And it was like, sorry, uh, you know, we're going to have to cut people, which I would probably do the same damn thing. Uh, you I know, understand but, that. I understand. Jackson and Brittany were still on the invite list. And I think there was just a lot of issues, but it wasn't anything like, that's the thing that sucks about like, finally start, like when you start to like know the actual truth, it's like not, it wasn't tax issues. It was, you know, like everybody was like, well, he lost his passport because of his tax issues. And that wasn't the case. So it's like all of these Wait, weird but things. I, I did hear that he was in a group chat apparently with Bo and he didn't realize Bo was in the group chat. And he kept <laughs> thinking, yeah, I'm not going to that wedding. I'm going to be golfing that day. That I have no- Bo was in it. And so that was for, for weeks <laughs> leading up to it. And then they didn't tell Stassi and Bo until the day they were supposed to leave for Rome. Like, is that part true? I don't know. I don't think that I don't even think that part is true. But what I will say is that, like, I kind of just I was like, not like, guys, this is not going to even be on the show. There is no show with them. So the fact that we're even like the fact that it was even making like the quote unquote blogs makes me laugh because it like first off, blogs make me laugh. But second off, like, guys, we don't need to waste energy on this, whether none of these guys are on the show. Like we let's let's focus on the actual show that they're going to start shooting which there right. is not a start date on that yet, but it 
most likely I would imagine involve Brock and Sheena's wedding. And I know Sheena, I think invited everybody like Jax all. I mean, I think she invited Stassi. All when of that is that stuff. happening? I didn't, you know what? I, I just was like a fly on the wall and was just kind of like sitting there. And uh, I don't think we like, but on, on her podcast, there's like this one thing that we talk about. I don't want to ruin it, but it's you. I mean, you've got to listen just for this one I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you off, off mic and I'll tell you guys after it, it airs, but it was just a really interesting experience because I was really scared going in there because of course we talked about Summer Moongate where I revealed her baby's name ahead of time. Yes, and you guys like buried the hatchet. We buried the hatchet. Uh, I think good. we're good now, so that's good. I was just really, I was like, wow, this is like fancy podcasting. I'm I'm in my room. You're in like your boyfriend's pair. I mean, you're like, this is not fancy, you guys. This is not fancy AF. And you go to somebody these podcasts in like a actual studio and stuff. And I yeah. was like, wow, this is amazing. Which by the way, Sophie, if you do come to LA next cloud 10, the iHeart division I'm a part of their studio gets finished this week. So we do have a studio to shoot in and record in. Oh my God. Are you going to LA. start recording there? Uh, I will for like big guests and stuff. Yes. Oh, I don't count as a big guest. No, but you'd have to be here. You have to be here oh. in LA to come to the studio. So like oh, if Countess Luann okay. was here, I'd have a, like, I wouldn't have to take Countess Luann to my bedroom, you know? I mean, not for the right, show. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, did you see any summer movies this weekend, Sophie? Um, no, but we started Stranger Things and we're like three episodes in. It's actually, and I'm no, not a Stranger Things simp. And I like didn't think I'd care because the last season aired in, in 2019. But I'm like so into it. We're only three episodes in, but I'm like very into Stranger Things right now. Is it true the kids are like 65 years old in this one? Like, yeah, how old it's are like they at this really, point? they're like really old, and some of them are very freaky <laughs> looking. They've grown into, it. and I'm talking particularly, particularly about Finn Wolfhard. I'm sorry, there's something about him in like the middle of puberty right now, and it's just not. I don't know. I don't know. One of the storylines is these kids experiencing arthritis for the first time. You're like, ow, my old appendages. It's like, yeah, it's it's they just waited so long. They yes. So I was like, was it really three years ago that the last season was out? Yes. That's crazy. We, we wait too long. Well, wh- the reason why I'm saying this is that I've been like I, I how this works now is I podcast during the week. My body gets physically ill by Friday because I'm so upset by the time I get to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recaps that my body breaks down on Saturday. Saturday, I recover. But I, I did see Top Gun Maverick. And I got to tell you, like, I know, like, I, you, oh, I almost want to forget Tom Cruise's involved in Scientology because this film, like, I really feel it's like I, this motherfucker waited for two, he sat on this movie for two years because he was like, I'm not releasing this on fucking Paramount Plus. I am going to release this in the movie theaters. And it, it's kind of a wild ride. And it's like nostalgic, which, like, I'm not even a dude's dude, but I'm telling you, Sophie, your boyfriend is going to love this. Your boyfriend is he going to would. love this. We actually watched War of the Worlds the other day because I had never seen it. And I was like, this is, first of all, it's totally my type of movie. As you know, I like anything like weird apocalypse, like CGI creatures. Um, But yeah, Tom Cruise, I was like, yes, he is a classic movie star as much as- He's the last one. He's the, I mean, who else, who else in your age range is like- like there's going to be nobody else like Tom Cruise ever again. He's the only one that can actually, it's like, no, I don't want to release films on TV. They're only in the theaters and I'll bet my whole career on it. 
And it looks like that bet's paying off because his next one is like a two-part Mission Impossible, which they show a preview for during Top Gun. And I'm like, nobody else has the power to do this. And we've moved on to like YouTube stars now. They're, we don't need movie stars anymore. Right. Yeah, I actually, my boyfriend asked me, he was like, who do you think is a bigger movie star? Like Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? And I was like, as much as I love Brad Pitt, he has always kind of been like more of a supporting guy. I think that Brad Pitt is obviously still a movie star, but like when was the last movie where he was like the leading, leading man and it wasn't like an ensemble cast? You know what I mean? Well, he's, yeah, Brad Pitt is very okay with being uh, a character actor, even though he's a beautiful man. Like he, he right. loves playing weird characters where Tom Cruise will play a weird character every now and then like Tropic Thunder. But in the most part, he plays these, I'm going to run as fast as I can. And I'm going to be the best as I, I'm going to be the best fighter pilot ever. Yeah. That, you know, like it's ridiculous. His, but at the same time, there's nobody else that can sell it. And Tom Cruise is weirdly asexual. You know, it's like even this Top Gun, he has a romantic interest and they don't show like a love scene because that would be kind of ridiculous in terms of like, you know, a six year old movie star with a, you know, I think it's Jennifer Connelly's his romantic interest. And she's they say she's age appropriate. She's only 10 years younger than him. But like it's weirdly like when they get to those parts in Tom Cruise films, you're like, ah, oh, it's OK. Yeah, he's got to do this. But like you're never like, damn, that's hot. Have you ever like. Nobody's no. ever like, damn, that's a hot sex scene with Tom Cruise. No, absolutely not. I also love how like in some movies, like I know when he was in like Jack Reacher, I guess Jack Reacher, the character supposed <laughs> to be like a large guy. Yeah, 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 and yeah, they, yeah. And they will like make Tom Cruise look taller than he is in some of these movies. Oh, God. There are scenes in Top Gun, you guys, where like because it has like a lot of younger actors like Miles Teller and uh, Jay Ellis, you know, all these kind of like hot. Dude. Glenn Powell is excellent, by the way. And there's scenes where like Tom Cruise is shorter than all of them. And then there's scenes where he's like you can tell he's on like an Apple box, like something to stand <laughs> on. Um, but I will say you might hate it because there's no there's little to no CGI in this movie. It's all like that's the other thing. He's like, I like to do my own stunts. And you're like. These truly are realistic things. And it's almost weird because we're so used to Dr. Strange CGI mm -hmm. creatures, you know? Right. Okay. Maybe I'll check just, it out. I, I just, I want, I want your boyfriend's opinion, especially not, I mean, I want yours too, but I just want to know if I'm on the right, if this would get me into the guys club by liking this movie. The guys, the guys guy club. Yeah, what if your boyfriend's like, nah, this isn't a guy's movie. No wonder he liked it. <laughs> no, he probably would be very into it. He actually has been talking about Obi-Wan. Dude! I know this is a reality show podcast kind of, but Obi-Wan came out, you guys, on Thursday night on Disney+. Plus. I watched the first 15 minutes and oh, uh, I couldn't. And it, I, you I mean, are a guy's guy. You are a guy's guy because you're like, oh, dude, Obi-Wan. I'm like, yes. no, we're not watching. I was like, you can watch that on your time. Dude, check this. <laughs> what do you, hey, this is Batman's motorcycle. Look at this. Oh my God. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I'm holding up uh, a motorcycle. Vengeance is mine. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm into <laughs> shit like that. Um, okay, real housewives of guys Beverly Hills. Guy over here. Yeah, watch guys. I'm a real ladies. Hey, pan panty dropper in the house. Um, well, by the way, Sophie really just took down that martini, man. Like it was yeah. full when we started. We're like 10 minutes in, it's down to the bot. Like, are you gonna get around? Oh, two? yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is this is my first one. I had a couple beers on the beach. <laughs> um, okay, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You watched it, of course. Yes, yes. Thoughts. It was like, I just love that Crystal is finally standing up and being like, "You are. I'm not going to let you gaslight me. I know what the truth is. Like, it's just Ky Kyle, Rinna, and Erica are so set on 
gaslighting and bullying whoever the odd one out is. It doesn't matter like who it is. It's whatever newcomer is new on the show. That's what they do. They want to, you know, drive that person off the show. And Crystal's like, I'm not having it. And now she is Garcelle. She is Sutton on her side. Like, I'm happy with that alliance. I feel like they are the future and everyone is sick of the fraud force five. It's really gratifying, you guys. I said this, I did a two-hour recap by myself on Friday, just like yammering. But I'm. it's really gratifying to watch new people finally take hold and kind of stick up for themselves. Whether you like Sutton or hate Sutton, you have to admit Sutton has finally also stepped into her voice where, remember when, when they all used to be scared of Erica? And now Erica's in a corner on like, you know, Kyle's couch going like, yeah, that's right. And nobody even listens to her. Like they all just go yeah. like, okay, Erica, that's a good story, girl. Yeah, the whole, I saw a tweet that was like, Erica's whole, like, I don't know, like bad bitch routine, whatever she tries to do, it like just falls flat now that we all know that she's a broke con woman. What did you think of that scene where she's she's like, Diana, do you have the black one of these panther rings? Could you, oh, I need somebody, will you get that black panther ring, please? Remember at the store? Yeah, it's like Cartier rings. Erica's trying to get people to buy her things. No, she's like literally like it's that friend that's always like, I don't have any money, but I really love this. Why don't you buy it in hopes of them giving it to her down the line? It's so absurd. It's so absurd. And also the preview for, I guess, this upcoming episode. Did you see how Erica was like, I can't talk about the victims. I can't talk about them at all. When someone was like, I think it was Garcelle. She was like, but you could at least you know, say that you are sorry yeah, goes, for them and what nope, happened. No, no, no. Yeah, she was it, like, clearly. I can't talk about the orphans and the widows. And then she was like, but it might, she was like, apparently they actually did get their settlements and they're lying. Like, alluded she, to the she fact said, that they're lying. It's like, what? She said that maybe allegedly they might've been paid off to say bad things against Erica. Yeah, and like, Garcelle goes, on. Erica, come on, really? And she goes, maybe. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. And I just want to admit right now, I have been paid to slam Erica Jane every week. And it's not a lot of money, but I do it for the joy, really. Uh, But it's ridiculous. This is what the kind of bullshit she's spreading. The sad thing is, I think in this country, you know, you say anything, you're going to have 33% believe you right off the bat. So it like, unfortunately, it doesn't help like dumb people because it just confuses the issue. But everything Erica has said this season is weirdly bad in a different way than it was last season. Like now it's just sad, bad. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's something. It's something. Even Kyle didn't look like she believed her in that moment. Well, Kyle's like, worried about her damn dogs trying to eat everything that's not nailed down. I know, that was sick. The dog's like all over the kitchen. Like, please, Kyle, please. <laughs> Did you, have, I thought there was going to be one moment where you saw uh, Bam, was it Bambi, the dog's name? Like just with Rinna in the mouth, like a like a dog toy. Like, <laughs> you know, just shake it. And Rinna going, <laughs> <laughs> We can only dream. We can only dream that that would happen. But I got to tell you, I... I'm truly loving this season. I like, I love it. It's like the right amount of trash, the right amount of hope, like the crystal Sutton Garcelle trio kind of gives me hope. And Mm -hmm. I will say, like you said earlier, crystal, you know what I love is that crystal doesn't know exactly the right way to say the things that she's feeling, but that's okay. Like she's getting there. Like I know what she was trying to say and it might not have come out, but it's like, she's trying to find her voice. And I think that's, what's amazing is that, her trying, she gets slammed down immediately by all, of, even Dorit. Dorit lost her accent. Dorit was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Crystal? I know, where did Dorit's accent go? 
Crystal also, Cat. it was so rich that Erica was like, when they were talking about Sutton being insensitive, and Eric was like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he was, what did, hey, what did she say? Did she say the gun thing? Like she's, and it was all quiet. I'm like, the amount of bullshit Erica said last season, exactly. she's like questioning anybody? Yeah, it's like Erica accusing someone else of being insensitive. Like, please, please. And then Kyle calling Crystal dramatic. It's like, wait, are you serious right now? Like, there's just no self-awareness between any of them. And I'm so sick of them. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm really happy it's on. Now, there was a story that just happened today. This is what I love every time. Like, Rinna just goes way too hard all the time offline to the point where it ruins it kind of for me. Is that I think you saw this already today? Yeah. Is that she was already she was already involved in a doxing. Now, this guy doesn't seem like too amazing either, where he texted her supposedly uh to her actual number that don't reveal or like watch all the shit you're talking because I have information on you too. And it was like the ellipses, which I hate those ellipses. Um, but I'm trying to find the, oh yeah, I said this guy, Patrick Summers, uh, he, he came out as his name. That's why I'm saying it. Said, Lisa, you need to stop with your rumors and lies about me. There's plenty I can expose about you, dot, dot, dot. And then Lisa Rinna posted this with his actual phone number. And then the guy wrote uh, in his stories, I suggest you take your post down before I sue you or leak your number since you think it's acceptable to leak mine. And then he did leak her number. And supposedly, he did leak. And so supposedly the number is out of service. But then it like a lot of people said it, they called his number and it said he was Kathy Hilton's executive assistant, which, but then he writes in this other one, like he has, He writes in this other one, mind you, this is because production has started on a series called Real Husbands of Sunset, and the series is set to compete with The Real Housewives and features an all-male cast, me being a member. We met Lisa just to get some pointers for our first season, and drama started from the beginning. So he posted this, and that's the part where I started to check out where I'm like... Is this like a publicity stunt, which is kind of like Rinna would even. I didn't know that part. Like that's just like that's recent, but like the fact that even either way, it's kind of sad and gross. Like Rinna would participate in a publicity stunt. I don't know if that was Rinna's real number, but Rinna gets like Rinna should not be Rinna shouldn't be like talking back to the fans. Like it's never gonna work good for Rinna. You know, it'll work good for other people, but not Rinna. I'm yeah, Rinna is just a hot mess. And did you see that post that she she reposted that was like Lisa Rinna's carrying real houses of Beverly Hills? And it's like, yeah. oh my God. She well, somebody wishes. wrote an article for like Screen Rant or something, which you know, guys, I, I love articles about it, you know, and especially write an article about this podcast. But Screen Rant, you can I, I could I could post an article about this and it said somebody like Lisa was carrying this show on her back for the last 10 years. Lisa's not even been on the show for 10 years, but also I think Lisa is a great part of the show because you get to be angry with her. It just makes me sad because, you know, this is probably how she is in her real life. Like she takes this as seriously as we do. And that's why I don't enjoy watching her anymore. I like, I just know that the, the Rinna Kyle, I'm leaving Dorit out of it because like, she just like, hasn't been as involved in the season with she's been occupied with her robbery. But like Rinna and 
Erica and Kyle are just like, it's not fun to watch them gang up. They only have a mind of their own. They share a single mind. They don't like challenge each other ever. What I like about Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal, obviously, is that they challenge each other. They challenge the other women. It's like, I'm just so sick of their like stupid alliance. I'm not into it anymore. Well, I like it just in the sense that we're getting another alliance formed uh, to combat that alliance particularly. So it'll be exciting to see what happens. And I'm just hoping that Sutton doesn't ever like team up with Erica. Cause I feel Erica's at a desperation point where even in filming this, she has to realize her power is completely slipped away. Like the sad thing, like when watching Mikey pick out outfits in her little pool house, where, you know, she, she he was like, well, let's do this one again, Queen. We wore this to the Christina Aguilera concert in 2008. And she was like, the trustees won't allow me to sell my clothes to get new clothes. So I guess I have to wear things twice. Like, yeah. are we, I mean, like, we're supposed to feel bad. I, I don't know what, what, you know, I just have a feeling Erica's yeah, going to have to pivot at a certain point and start kissing ass. Um Okay, let's see. What else do we have? Real Housewives of Atlanta beat Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in the ratings this week, which is really interesting to me. Uh, But both are getting really good ratings. This week, we have the premiere of Real Housewives of Dubai on June 1st. I thought it was Peacock only, but they're actually airing it on Bravo. So that's uh, so everybody's going to get to watch that. But the reason I bring this up is that, you know, I think this was they had to have been ready for this. But uh, Andy Cohen and Bravo are slammed by human rights groups ahead of Real Housewives of Dubai premiere. Um, So 12 human rights groups have called for the network to publicly oppose the violence against women, as well as the homophobic laws perpetuated by the rulers of Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. The human rights groups, and they name all the groups, um, sign an open letter to Bravo and its parent company, NBC Universal. And the production uh, company expressing deep concerns over this show. So they, I mean, this is not, you know, Dubai and these kind of things is not new to anybody. So I'm sure I would hope Bravo has some kind of plan in play to let people know why they still went ahead of this, especially when they have such a, uh, a very wide um, gay and lesbian audience. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know why I'm curious what their, their reasoning for going ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's definitely something that they need to get ahead of in terms of like the PR because there has been, you know, backlash against it since it was announced. So I'm surprised they haven't like, you know, taken a stronger stance, you know, just to be yeah. like, hey, we thought this would be an interesting show, but we otherwise are very supportive of women's rights or whatever it is. But yeah, um, I, don't I don't know. I don't know why. Again, it's like I would like to know their thought process of picking Dubai over like so many other cities. Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, Idaho's they right there. Like, yeah. Uh, um. So uh in some uh jacob alordi he's now supposedly dating this olivia jade uh isn't olivia jade the the college oh, Lori Laughlin. yeah Lori Laughlin's yeah daughter. so like i don't what uh sophie do you know how these dating things works like alordi was originally with uh cindy crawford's daughter right yeah, and then cindy Kaya gerber and now Kaya Gerber's with Austin Butler, who plays Elvis in the new Elvis movie. Which, by the way, Austin Butler's whole, like, like Oscar campaign, <laughs> it's so much. And every time I look at his face, I'm just like, no. Like, What I don't she's know referring to, you guys, is that he did an interview. This is like the new Lady Gaga approach where they, he was like, 
after I finished filming Elvis, my body broke down. I, I almost died. You <laughs> know, like he to get the Elvis voice. Yes. And he's still, yeah, that wasn't his original. He, like, he's like Dorit. He's a child of the world now, but he's like, yeah. I just wanted to bring everything real to this Elvis movie that I could. And the movie, by the way, is a Boz Lerman film, which is always like a beautiful spectacle, but they, I, I already was reading the reviews of the con premiere and it, it does what Boz Lerman does like Moulin Rouge, where it takes Elvis's songs, but then it like, will put them with like a Jay-Z and Beyonce song. It'll mash up Elvis's songs. So I love that. Awesome's like, I wanted it to be so real, you know, you know, uh, Beyonce made a song with Elvis in the fifties, you know, like, I'm like what? And then like, you know, imagine, imagine acting that good where you quit, you, you stop acting like your last scene. And then you're like, I'm not feeling well, <laughs> I got to lay down. And then you just, your body breaks down because it's so intense to play Elvis Presley. Like, <laughs> have you ever been to work? Like, Sobe has a full-time job. I'm sure sometimes you will go home on a weekend and your body will be like, it is such a stressful week at work. But do you ever feel bad then? Like for somebody like Austin Butler, who had to play this man, Elvis Presley, and his body broke down. Like, so he knows what it's like to really work. Well, it's like, I... I don't I don't know enough about the situation because I didn't even click on the article. All I saw was the drama between Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien's response to the article was like, hey, variety, not now. And he got like blown up on Twitter about it. And then that's how oh. I saw the Austin Butler thing. But I, I don't know. It's like uh, these method actors. I can't remember who it was who was like method acting like your body goes into shock like can you try just like acting just regular acting? well yeah that was actually that was the famous story uh, Lawrence Olivier did a movie with Dustin Hoffman uh called yeah. Marathon Man and Dustin Hoffman had stayed up for two days for this like this scene where he was tortured by Lawrence Olivier and he came in he was frazzled all that stuff and Lawrence Olivier was like why don't you try acting dear boy you know because that's but <laughs> I mean there is that kind of theory but it's like it's like you know, do you think Robert Pattinson went around like going like, oh, my God, I had a picture of my parents dying so I could play Batman, you know, like how far do we go with these things? It's fun Wait, to listen Austin about Butler impression sounds like <laughs> slick stuff. Cool. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the wow. way. So Sophie, Sophie didn't even know that on Friday's last Friday's episode, we did a whole Garth Brooks thing. And she texted me this week with the Garth Brooks thing, this the Facebook thing of like, I guess it's official, you guys. It's me, Crazy <laughs> Garth. I'm on Facebook again. You know, like I, Garth Brooks would have been why. Guess what, you guys? It's Garth. I just got finished playing Elvis. I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Real stuff. Real stuff. Gar <laughs> Garth wanna Brooks. Dude, Garth Brooks needs to do an OnlyFans. Hey, guess it's official. Garth's on OnlyFans right now. <laughs> if you want to see erotic boudoir photography with Garth, I'd love to show you for $9.99 a month. Yeah, you want to see raw stuff? Come on over to Garth's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, anyways, the Jacob Alardi thing. The thing what I'm saying, like, do all these teen stars now, do they get like some kind of lookbook where you can pick a girlfriend out of oh, there? Oh, we also like, dated Zendaya. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how does... Like how, I mean, I know you're like, he's really good looking, but like Austin Butler used to date Vanessa Hudgens. And now he's with the, 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 the Cindy Crawford, uh, Kaya, uh, the Gerber. Kaya Gerber. Like, do they all just like pass each other around like that yeah. Mormon TikTok, uh, the Utah TikTok? Oh my God. Have yeah. you been following that at all? 
Yeah. I mean, I haven't been like following, following it because I never was like a follower of these of mom talk, I guess is what it's called. But I've been following the story about how basically this, this Mormon TikToker set off a whole shit storm by admitting that her and her husband were getting divorced because they had an open relationship, but they would soft swing, which meant everything but sex. So like soaking maybe. And I got a message going, do you think they soak? And that's why I wanted to bring it up. Or the the poop hole loophole is what some Wait. people say also. Oh, the poop the that's the Farrah Abraham way, the poop hole loophole. Uh what loophole. What Sophie's referring to, you guys, and it's been a long time since we've talked about soaking, but since it's Memorial Day, I figure why not? Um uh is that well poop hole loophole is like Farrah Abraham, like usually if you're really religious in high school, you're not supposed to have vaginal sex. And I've really held true to that my whole life. But the way around that is you could still have butt sex because it's not, you know, so girls in high school were letting their dudes have butt sex and they were considering themselves still a virgin, which is just wild. Like, I I also think that would just ruin sex for you for the rest of your life. I mean, like you're really starting at like a a 10, like a high 10, yeah, you know? But yeah. then this other thing is the soaking, just to remind you guys, the soaking supposedly was started at BYU or got popular at BYU, where you would want to have sex so bad, but you respected God enough to try to find a way around God's teachings. So you would insert yourself into a lady and just don't move at all. You would just be completely still. You'd be completely still. And then you would have your friend who is a jump humper. That's what they would call him. And they would jump on the bed to create the natural friction that a man or woman or man and man or girl and girl need to do their business. And this was called soaking, which is just you. If you think about it for a second, it's just it makes complete sense. I still have never tried soaking out. And I don't know if that's going to be a Patreon exclusive or what. But it's uh, we kind of soaking had its moment and then it kind of came and went. Oh my God, this conversation makes me so uncomfortable. Wait, for real? You used to love these conversations. Wow. The way you describe it, you're like, where a man inserts himself into a lady. What am I supposed to say? I'm trying to say it in a nice way. I know there's no real way to explain it. That is so uncomfortable. It's just so fucking weird. But yeah, the mom talk stuff is insane. Yeah. So basically they're, they're potentially wife swapping in Utah, which is like, why don't we get this on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? I would much rather watch this than a Jen Shaw criminal you know like wouldn't you rather this is the kind of drama of like yeah i am partners going behind each other's back because supposedly they all had to be in agreement and they would all go in the room and do their thing with other partners i heard that's a thing like whitney rose definitely i feel like has alluded to this before can i say that i don't want to be creepy but has whitney rose i think she got a breast reduction because uh i i I you, go check it out. I, I don't, I don't, I'm truly, yeah. Anyways, um, other good news, uh, out there, Justin Timberlake sells his entire music catalog in a deal worth $100 million. He's only 41 years old and he has sold over 200 songs. I think this is like a, a weird story. He sold it to a private equity firm called Blackstone, which is just weird because it's oh almost God, saying, Blackstone? I didn't even know that that was like the private equity firm that he like sold it to, but yeah, that's like a very famous one. That's really, is weird. it really? Yeah, and it seems like a really low price. Well, what I'm, and also really way too early, like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen just sold theirs like a year and a, a year and a half ago. But Justin Timberlake uh-huh. has like, you know, you would say 20 more, it almost makes it seem like he doesn't have any faith on his music. Cause why would you sell right now? You would want to hold on to that and you would hope your music would grow. It like, it almost is like, like, I, I just don't know what the, uh, 
Right. What the thought process behind that is because you would think you would want to hold on to that. He's not, he doesn't need money. So it just doesn't make sense. A very confusing story, honestly. Very confusing. Uh, also, uh, Kardashians, we are on the tail end of the wedding. All the pictures are, which, by the way, did you almost wonder if the, sh- the school, the shooting at the school kind of bummed them out because they weren't able to, like, post all their Italy photos that day? Honestly, I hate. Yeah, I mean, I hate even admitting that, but I, I did have that thought because it went from our news cycle was constantly that. And then all of a sudden it was like, who the hell cares about Kravis's wedding anymore? Oh, I mean, it kind of puts things into perspective real quick, yeah. you know, like real oh, yeah. quick. Like these are the things that we enjoy and we take it very seriously. But when you have something real like that, it shines like a really way too bright light on like what we sometimes pay attention to and what we don't, you know? So, um, uh, but on the tail end of that, as we pick back up, just a couple of things. We still don't know why Corey Gamble was not there, which I'm still very curious. I feel like we should have gotten yeah, an what's answer the by now. Story there, what's the story? I was hoping you would have gotten some kind of scoop over the week. At a, no, you, maybe I'll do some digging. Please dig. Um, also, Tristan Thompson shares cryptic message about growth and mourning his former life. This is ridiculous. Uh, Chloe was on Not Skinny but Not Fat, Amanda Hirsch's podcast. Yeah. And this girl will take every opportunity to make herself look like an idiot. I just, she literally was sticking up for Tristan again of like, they don't see all the good things Tristan does. Oh my God. Give it a rest. Give it up. Give it up. It's okay. He's a bad person. It's okay to, it's okay to dislike people that do bad things to you. Isn't it? Right. Right. Just always trying to stand up for him. Like why? Also his voice is so unattractive. I can't explain it, but like something about his voice on the show. I'm like, why do you talk like that? Oh my God. I feel like his voice is very like high pitched for like, it's very, it's it's like not girlish, but it's just very, but, but by the way, he's careful. You're never leaving me. (laughs) That's how he talks. (laughs) I watched, do you ever watch these architectural digest uh, videos on YouTube? Um, I've watched like of like celebrity homes. Were Travis and Courtney like just on? Yes, I just watched their architectural digest this weekend, and it's Travis's house. And it's another one that was just, it's I can't explain how. Like I don't even know how to explain Travis. Like he's just he's a a well like a light spoken dude, but like he was like, yeah, I went on a tour, and this designer said he would do my house, and he just rebuilt it. And he said, you know, I don't want you to see anything. Just come. Like it's like Michael Jackson in a way, but then he'll he'll. <laughs> He'll be like, you know, this is you my You do con- sound like Michael Jackson. He is like, I love, I love Cordy so much. I want a finger, Cordy. Um, did you wait? You didn't watch Kardashians this week, did you? No, no. Okay, well, her doctor prescribed her oh, four oh. cups of Travis's, Travis's man goo to have a baby. Yeah, like I saw that's that. a weird, that's like not a proven thing. Apparently, they're saying that's not something that's supposed to. Yeah, help no shit. Kids. No, have you ever heard that ever in your life? No, but I was intrigued. I was like, oh, is this like actually a thing that helps with fertility? Apparently, no, it's not. I just feel like Travis is paying off some doctor somewhere. But like, yeah, tell her if she tells if tell, tell her if she tells tells me I look beautiful, it'll get her pregnant. It's like like I don't get what is happening. It just seems like all. Because in this episode, they were going to a spa four hours a day. They did this diet where they didn't have sex or didn't have, which by the way, I was like all for, I was like, yeah, tell them not to touch each other for as like much as possible in front of cameras. But I just want them to have a baby at this point, just so they stop. Like, I don't want to hear any more about Courtney drinking Travis's stuff, you know? 
Oh my God. I don't want to hear about it either. I mean, it makes me, my only relief is that I don't think they've taught those kids how to read yet. So. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. It's like, Oh my God, Alabama though. What about Alabama? Alabama seems like, seems like she enjoys the lifestyle, but she's, she's so desensitized to it. She's just always putting on makeup. Like they come into her room while she's doing like makeup TikToks and just stand behind her and she'll just keep going. Like it's nothing. And I'm like, this is, Really, like they're going to do a documentary about these studies of celebrity kids one day. Like, this is like what, like, where does Alabama go from here? Does she go to like ASU? Like, where did, does she go to college? What happens? No, I doubt it. I mean, it's like, why? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Seems like uh, she's, she's in the, the Hollywood circle at this point. So, uh, big, uh, Scott Disick. Uh, was spotted at a New York City strip club on Sunday night when Courtney said, I do, which is kind of like, Scott's just really funny. Cause like, it's just one of those things, like why even be out at all, man? Like, like, you know how, like you must've wanted that message to get out there. Like what kind of message are you like that? You're like, I'm at a strip club. Like, I don't know. We get it, man. You're, you get, you get bummed easily. We get it. We've been with you for years now. He's spiraling. So not surprised, Um, not I will say that the kids look really, he's been posting, you know, content of him and his kids and they all look very happy when they're with him. Completely. That's, it was for his 39th birthday and the kids were all over him. He was happy. I love shit like that. Like, I don't, that's the thing that I will say as much as I disagree with so many things the Kardashians do, it does seem like, like North always seems pretty psyched to be hanging out with Kim, which uh, I'm always surprised by. Like, you know, the kids seem to like their parents. interesting is that the Disa kids seem and I know that we're just seeing photos but that they just seem happier when they're with Scott and with this like normal size just like regular confetti cake and not like the opulent like insane like they never look truly that happy when they're with the Kardashian side but again it's like we don't have the full context we're just seeing photos and stuff but like it is interesting they all seem very happy when they're around Scott um how, how did you take it this week with Ellen DeGeneres' last show? Did you tear up at all? Did you thank her? How did you? Um, no, I had actually never really been like a viewer of the show. Like, obviously, like, I know the impact Ellen has made on like the daytime television industry and the LGBTQ plus community. And, you know, she has had this massive impact. And I was like reading some long form article. I think it was the LA Times, maybe. Who yeah, had, like, yeah. Complicated yeah. legacy of like of Ella DeGeneres and I thought it was interesting it was like written I think from the perspective I think it was a queer person who who wrote it I wish I could give them props but I like barely it was just trending on Twitter um and yeah it's like I can recognize that Ellen has made such an impact while also recognizing that yeah she sounds like she had been a crappy person for a long time and it finally kind of caught up to her and there wasn't you know some big standing ovation for her it was more of like a quiet yeah it was like a irish goodbye almost it was 19 years of doing this and you can't argue how successful her show had been and i don't know i know her ratings kept dipping but ratings on everything kept dipping and i think once you get super successful like that you just get really out of touch with so many things i remember during the pandemic the ellen videos of her tearfully crying in her mansion and you know like and i know she you know was a lot of her employees had come out in the past and say how horrible she is and my even my personal experience with ellen which i've told on the show many times before she was like i remember going over to her ex-girlfriend's house to take headshots didn't know they were together. Ellen came out and gave me a once over and a dirty look. And I was like, what? Like, and I was so shocked. It was Ellen DeGeneres. This was like so long ago before this show. Uh, but I still knew who she was. It just seems like she might be a kind of a troubled person, which then if you intersect that with 
one of her best friends being Chris Jenner, it makes me really, that's interesting to me. Like, where, you that know, they fair. seem like and George W. Bush, who she is close with. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's very interesting for sure. And yeah, it just, everything you hear about her is that she's actually just like the meanest person to not only work with, but, um, or work for to just interact with in general. And then when a lot of, when a lot of these stories were coming out, her celebrity friends were like, Ellen is amazing. And it's like, yeah, of course she's nice to you. A fellow famous person. Yeah. that's yeah. Jennifer Aniston loves her. You guys like, you know, it's like, yeah, well, yeah but I mean, they're in the same tax bracket, of course. Like, I mean, also, but it, I was even thinking about it on the smaller scale of like, think about like, you know, if people think they know you because of your tweets or your, you know, like people think they know me because of this. It's interesting. It's like, yeah, I guess like we don't know anybody's experience until they, you know, we walk them out on their shoes. But I think once right. you get to a certain tax level, you got to be hyper aware or at least try to be a good person if you, you're blessed with that. You know, no matter, I'm sure she worked very hard to get there, but it's one of those things that I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like you got to be hyper aware then of how you, I don't know. It's one of those, do you ever think about this really? Like if you got more successful than you are now and you continue to get successful, then you have people coming out and thinking they know you because of a tweet you said or something like that. Like sometimes I'll think about that a a long time and think, you know, I don't know, but sometimes people are just- also as much as I hate Demois, like- the Demois like kind of force celebrities to have a reckoning with how they interact with like the everyday person that could send in a story to Demois. And I really feel like I have noticed celebrities, not that I like interact with celebrities that much, but it seems like celebrities really do want to go out of their way to be nicer, to have like, it's good PR now. And it's really bad PR if you're rude to the everyday waiter who, you know, previously it wouldn't have mattered what this random waiter thought of you. But now this, any person can send their story into Demois. So I do think that's interesting. I think that celebrities, like I'd only heard horrible stories about Kendall Jenner. And now since Demois kind of exposed all these stories about her being like a horrible tipper, a horrible, rude person to work for or work with. And now all of a sudden it's like, Kendall's always like, hi, like at her, <laughs> at her well, 818 events. She's like, hi. Oh my God. <laughs> like, well, Ken- Kendall on the damn show now is like a bucket of sunshine. She's like, hey, it's your girl, Kitty. What's going on, you guys? And it's like, You've never been like this. Oh, that was yeah. Kendall's Architectural Digest. That was the thing. All of these fuckers have James Terrell in their houses. And yeah. it's almost like, dude, maybe like you're ruining James Terrell's image. Like it's like Kendall's like, here's my James Terrell. And then, oh my God, I watched Cara Delevingne's. You got to watch Cara Delevingne's oh, Architectural God, I'm Digest. I'm the, you, But she just comes from a very wealthy family. And you can tell like everything is like, she literally has, you guys, a whole cutout on her wall her designer did that is like entering a vagina. I'm not, I'm not making this up in any sort of way. I know you're not. I know you're not. You crawl in through it and it isn't like, it's a hidden door. You crawl in and then you, you exit out of a washing machine door. And this is her, this is her grown up house. And she has other rooms. She has a ball pit room that you can fall into. It is, I highly recommend the Cara Delevingne, um, uh, which by the way, did you see Azalea Banks stood up for Cara Delevingne in regards yeah. to, which is, you know, neither here nor there. Cause right. Because it's like if Azalea Banks defends you, like, is that really what you like? I feel like, yeah. I, you know, you know, think the um, we have a couple more minutes left. So, so who's coming up on the, your show this week? What have you been thinking about? Um, oh, also wanted to get your, are you going to be, cause Tuesday we'll probably get the Johnny Depp Amber Heard verdict. Uh, are you, 
Are you going to be covering this at all or even uh, making a blog spot or your um, the Substack yeah, about it? Because we'll be writing something about it, but we're taking a little podcast break for a few weeks in June because Bob. What's that pretty- like? I know I'm like, I'm very excited because I've been very stressed lately, but Bob, our producer is getting married. So we're excited about, but our guests were going out on a bang this week, our season one finale. It's Samir and Samir Mizrahi, the creator of kale salad on Instagram, Zillow gone wild, um, celebrity home shopping. So speaking of celebrity homes, we talk all about celebrity homes and stuff. Um, and he's like hilarious. So I'm so excited for this episode to come out, but, um, yeah. Um, okay. But the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing, I just, I'm really curious your thoughts and we not right now, but curious to see you write about it. But I was also just kind of like, thank God this might be over, but I'm really nervous. I mean, either way, it's just like, I feel it's like losing across the board, no matter what happens, but it really is scary. Like I I dug a little bit on Twitter and YouTube and saw how success, like saw how many, like Emily D Baker got like I mean, she blew up on you. She was already amazing, but blew up just because of this trial, even more so where the LA Times did an article on her. And I just wonder, like, what happens to this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard economy after this all? You know, like everybody has built up a lot of things like Talk of Shame, who I love, who I think is coming on next week. You know, she gained 50,000 followers once she started talking to about the Johnny. Yeah. And even she's like, yeah, man, that's like it's wild. It's just Wild. So I always wonder what's going to, where, where our focus is going to go after this. And hopefully we can choose something uh, that can, that can put some good and hope back out there, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. It has not been pleasant. It has not been pleasant with this trial, but um, yeah. Well, we'll I mean, see. it's not been, yeah. Anyways. Okay. You guys go follow Sophie, go check out the pod, all of that stuff. Thank you guys so much for supporting this pod. We have shows all week this week. And remember, go back and listen to the ones. uh, They're always there for you at any time. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Betches.